Welcome to the Dark Side of the Full Moon podcast. I'm Jennifer Silliman, and this show is continuing the conversations started in the award-winning first-ever documentary film about maternal mental health. My journey as an advocate began through the power of storytelling. With this podcast, I hope to create a community of women and professionals sharing their own powerful narratives to let others know they're not alone and help is out there. Keep in mind that some of the stories you will hear may be triggering, but it's important they be told. This podcast is not a replacement for professional help from a licensed medical provider. If you or someone you know is suffering due to a maternal mental health condition, please contact your medical provider or call or text message the Postpartum Support International Helpline at 1-800-944-4773. Now let's continue the conversation. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Dark Side of the Full Moon podcast. I'm here today with Jen Holmes, who is going to share her story with us today. She is 10 months postpartum. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. 10 months postpartum. So again, we have someone who is so brave and going to share her story, not being so far removed from the experience. And this has been something that's been happening a lot. Uh, More and more, I get moms reaching out to me that want to share their story. And most of them aren't even a year out from the experience, but they feel that calling to, to share. And so thank you so much for reaching out to me. Absolutely. I, I, we chatted a little bit, um, obviously before this, and I know that there are some parts of our stories actually that are similar in nature. So, um, I'm going to give you the stage. You can start your story wherever you want to. I'll chime in every once in a while, because this will be the first time that I'm hearing your complete story. Um, I do that on purpose because I want to have the same questions that our listeners probably have. So the stage is yours, my dear, go ahead. Thank you. And thank you for having this podcast because I feel like it just brings awareness to things that moms struggle with, but sometimes they struggle just inside and they don't tell anyone or they're afraid to tell someone. So I love how you talk about like the, the nitty gritty. Yes. We talk about all the stuff that nobody wants to talk about. (laughs) That's for sure. Right. And it's, it's therapeutic too, because, um, okay, well, I'll start with my later half of my pregnancy. So the first couple of trimesters were incredible, like no morning sickness. Um, I felt great. I had more energy pregnant than I do now. Um, my stepmom called it a unicorn pregnancy. And I was just like, happy and giddy and everything was great. And then around 20 weeks for the little anatomy scan, Noah was breech. Um, and that didn't concern me too bad because I have a really long torso. So I thought, oh, he'll be able to flip and do somersaults and all that, like no worries. And then around 34 weeks, they did another ultrasound and he was still breech. So that is only where like my anxiety kind of started. And um, yeah, he was breached from like 20 weeks on to um, when my water broke. So it was, it was really scary. Um, I had a scheduled C-section on a Friday 
and Wednesday is when my water broke. So we went to the hospital and um, I think it was around, like they did the little Doppler and contraction things. Um, and that's when they said that they'll just do my C-section now instead of waiting until Friday. Um, and the C-section went well as C-sections go. Right. Um, my husband was with me, um, didn't feel a thing. So it wasn't traumatic. The birth was great, but um, I remember thinking like, my body failed Noah because somehow, like I blame myself for him being breech. So like all of the outside things were going great. Like the surgery was great. Noah was fantastic. He's been perfect this whole entire time. It was just like, why did I have to cause my baby to be breached, even though that's not how it goes? Yeah. So I guess leading up, um, I had put a lot of blame on myself, even though I should not have. And I think that caused a little bit of anxiety. And oh gosh. Okay. So that day, so Wednesday was perfect. And Noah was eight pounds, 10 ounces. He was a chunk and he was so cute and his cheeks were so chubby. Oh, it was perfect. Oh my gosh. So cute. Um, and Wednesday was good. Thursday was good. I mean, we were tired. We were, you know, up every, I guess, two hours, three hours. So yeah, it was a lot. Nurses coming in and out, you know, doing what they have to do. Mm-hmm. But things were good. And they, the discharge nurse, she um, did the depression. Um, oh, the Edinburgh scale. scale. Yes. Mm-hmm. The EPDS. Mm-hmm. And I passed it with flying colors. Like I was happy. Everything was perfect. I was like, am I able to enjoy this moment? Of course. Yeah, of course. Like I am, I am great. Um, and then she left and I remember Alex, my husband was down in the cafeteria, either getting like a breakfast or lunch before we left. And I was holding Noah and like, this is where it all started. So I was holding Noah and it was like the most perfect calm, peaceful. It was just like mama and baby. And I was holding him. And I remember just like touching his little chubby arms. And I like closed my eyes and I prayed, um, you know, just like protect this baby. Let me be like the best mom I can be. And when I was done praying, I was holding him. And the first intrusive thought, now I'll say it because it's not the worst one, but something happened where it was just a a vivid picture of me throwing him off the hospital bed. And I could see like in my head, like him bouncing and his head. And I, I, after the prayer, I was just like, Hey Lord, I'm back again. I don't know what just happened. (laughs) Like it was terrifying. Oh gosh. Um, So then my OB came in to discharge me and she said, how are you doing? And I said, I'm I'm pretty good. And she said, some moms are are better with their babies out, you know, than being pregnant because she knew that I had anxiety with him being breached. 
And I was like, you mean that? She said, I mean that. And I was like, thank you. So I thought, okay, you know, that one thought, I'm fine. You know, everything's going to be okay. And I didn't have any other um, like scary thoughts in the hospital. Um, So fast forward. So it was Friday. I get home. We all get home. And so we live in Mississippi. My husband, me, our critters, Noah, and my dad and stepmom are um, from Pennsylvania. I'm from Pennsylvania. They still live in Pennsylvania. So they flew down. And their flight, um, it matched up perfectly. They got home here as we got home. So, and they were supposed to be here that Friday to just help with like cooking and just helping. So another like picture perfect moment. I just got done feeding Noah. My dad's holding him. My stepmom is there on the couch. Alex is like, do you want to lay on the recliner and just rest a little bit? And I was like, that sounds amazing. Of course I'm going to rest. So I reclined the recliner and I was in the living room with them and Alex tucked me in. Um, yeah, with a, I guess it was just like a sheet cause I was a little hot, but like he tucked me in and I was like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. And you like, you know, when you're like, you feel like you're about to fall asleep, like the, just that happy moment of like dozing is when the most intrusive bloody thought happened and that is what made me just like crash and burn it was the worst and it okay I'm not gonna tell it but it involved a hammer my eyes sprung wide open because it was something happening to Noah and I was doing it and I was like holy cow like okay this is bad Um, but I didn't tell anyone. And what happened after that? I think it's when I tried to like slowly go to the bathroom because I had that C-section incision and stuff. And I went to the bathroom and I didn't go to the bathroom. I was there just like, like just standing there. And I was like, what's going on? I don't know what's going on. I'm panicking. And I think that was the first time that I had I was just going to go end my life because I thought it was the start of something bad. I didn't know what it was. We don't know. Like I had no idea what an intrusive thought was, but I was, I, and then I thought we don't have any formula for Noah and I didn't start pumping. I didn't even put my pump together. So who's going to feed Noah? We don't, I said, I'm, I was breastfeeding. So I was like, I can't do that. I can't do that because no one needs to eat. Luckily, my husband came in and I hugged him and I was like, I don't know what's going on. I said, I need to talk to you. I need to tell you what's going on. I said, I, and I told him about the intrusive thought and he's like, it's your hormones. It's okay. We'll go see your doctor on Monday. It's okay. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, this is just scary. And we didn't tell my dad or my stepmom. Um, but because I was uh, like freaking out, they just came like the more I would freak out, the more the intrusive thoughts would come. And then forget the other one. And Oh, Oh, plus I would try to um, think of something else, like distract myself. So when I was trying to fall asleep, I was like, you know, my favorite thing to do is I love to mow. We 
have three acres and I put in my little Bose headphones and I just mow the yard. Like that is my favorite, like calming. So I was like, I'm going to picture myself mowing. Can you kind of tell where that intrusive thought is going? I can a hundred percent. So then I opened up my eyes again and I was like, okay, all right. You know, like there was no moment in my brain where I was calm. So that Saturday morning, I went to my dad and I said, dad, I'm having nightmares because I thought they were nightmares. Um, I said, it's when I'm falling asleep, I'm having nightmares. And dad's like, it's all right. You know, they're just nightmares. It's all right. And I said, but every time I have a nightmare, I always open up my eyes and then it goes away. And my dad's like, that's odd. Usually you can't really wake up from nightmares. And I was like, but I can. Um, And then they started happening just I would stare out the window, be super calm, you know, feeding Noah. And then, then I was like, they're not nightmares. What are they? Did you ever, um, when, when you had those? Yeah. So the, the unique thing was my intrusive thoughts would go away when I slept. So mm. the only calm I ever had was sleeping as soon as I would wake up they would flash and I would have them all day. I mean, I never had a break from them all day long until I went to sleep and I was sleeping very well. I think, I think because I was and my doctor actually told me this because I was sleeping so well and didn't have them while I was sleeping. It was kind of almost, you know, the, the, I don't even know the word to use, not energy, but like the moment that was the time I needed so that I could deal with all of them the next day, even though they were so debilitating, had I not been sleeping. And I mean, I'm, I'm sure that I would have ended up in the hospital for sure. I mean, I was barely getting through the day, um, because they are debilitating. And it's so interesting because my intrusive thoughts started while I was pregnant. And so what I equated them to was I also had a scheduled C-section. And since mine were so related to like knives and like my stomach area, and I'm like, oh, I must just be thinking about my C-section and being really nervous about my surgery. That's why I'm having that specific intrusive thought. Um, and I always thought, oh, they'll go away. As soon as she's out of me, right. they'll go away. But of course- she was in the NICU. Oh. I went into the NICU. And that's also a whole total different experience too, because no one prepares you for your kid in the NICU. She was the biggest baby. She was six pounds, two ounces. She's very big, but she aspirated. So they wanted to just make sure she was fine. She was in there for 10 days. But as soon as oh. I went in the NICU and was like by her little thing, then I started having thoughts of hurting her while I was, obviously she wasn't in my stomach anymore. She was actually, and so they never went, like, I thought they were going to go away. Totally didn't go away. And so, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, and what's so crazy. Well, the Edinburgh, the, so the screening that they gave you in the hospital, obviously you were not having the thoughts yet. So, and even if you were, you might not have even said, Hey, I'm having like scary thoughts, you know, cause a lot of women don't. Um, our first thought is if we tell somebody that we're thinking that they're going to take my baby from me, I'm going to be hospitalized. Like if that's a scary thought process too, you know, you're kind of, it's kind of a double-edged sword because you're like, you know, I want to tell someone, but is that even going to be better than what I'm dealing with? Maybe these will just go away. Um, 
but yeah, I, I totally understand thinking that they're nightmares. I was like, are they hallucinations? Are they delusions? And if that's the case, do I have psychosis? Like, am I going to do any of these things? They, they say, if you feel guilty for having them, that, that means that they are disintrusive thoughts. They're not, they're not plans. Um, but still so scary. I mean, and, and the more you try not to think about them, the worse it gets. They just like your whole idea with like, okay, I'm going to just imagine that I'm mowing the, the, the yard and then they manifest into an intrusive thought that has a mower in it. Like, it's just uh, like, you can't win. Right. Nope. nope. You can't escape them. It was like the gates of hell. I told my husband, once they gave me a baby, they gave me a different mind, like a different brain. I was like, I do not want this brain. I want my old brain back, please. Yeah, oh, sure. So when, so when did they start to, I'm trying to follow you. You're doing a, such a good job with the timeline. So um, your husband had said, we'll go see your doctor Monday. Is that what happened? Did you see your doctor on that Monday? I did um, on that Monday. So the Saturday though, um, Saturday and Sunday, mm-hmm. those were like the, the worst days. And, um, a little bit about Saturday and Sunday is, um, was it Saturday evening? I grabbed my phone and that was like the first time I had my phone since like we left the hospital. So I ignored all the texts, all the calls I Googled, I was like sitting in the couch and I Googled postpartum vivid thoughts because I didn't know. And a little, um, article first, it was like the hotline, like that was like the first link. And then the second link was about intrusive thoughts and postpartum depression. And I opened up that link and I was like, intrusive thoughts. I was like a third grader, like just, you know, sounding it out. I was like, I have intrusive thoughts. Like I had no idea. And that is what I guess makes me feel angry that I had no idea. You know, I feel like if moms, okay, would I have handled it better if I knew, okay, this is what they call intrusive thoughts? Well, yeah, I wouldn't have tried or even thought about suicide because I did, I never tried, but I went into the bathroom thinking about it twice. So I feel like that would have eliminated that terrible. And all the, um, my OB asked, like, do you have thoughts of harming yourself? And I, I joked with her. I said, I wish. And that kind of made her skip the question. And that was me covering it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm about to go into the bathroom and do that. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, the weekend is when I actually figured it out. And I just handed my dad the phone. I was like, read this. And it gave examples. And my dad was like, oh, like a little uncomfortable. Like, okay, Jen. All right. Like, like you didn't know what to say. We, none of us knew what to say. And my stepmom doesn't remember ever having it when she had her two girls. So I was like, I'm alone. I am the only person with intrusive thought. That's what I thought. I thought I am the only person with this postpartum. So we, oh yeah, I don't, I guess I could share the dinner. My dad made me like one of my favorite dinners, roast beef. And like, you dip it in like a little Mm -hmm. broth. Mm -hmm. Delicious. Love it. Um, 
and I had an intrusive thought. My dad gave me the bowl of broth and said, careful, it's hot. I had an intrusive thought of taking it and just pouring it on Noah. I'm like, okay, like this has gone too far. So I couldn't eat. I couldn't drink water. I couldn't even take any Tylenol because I couldn't, like I was that sick to my stomach. I couldn't swallow. It was okay. So it was bad. Monday. I see my OB. Um, I think I just called and said, I think I have something wrong with my hormones. That's all I told them. And they're like, was this an emergency? I said, I would like to see my doctor today. And I was trying to be like, be calm about it. Um, cause I didn't want them already scheduling me like a room for a hospital. You know what I mean? So I was just trying to like, okay. And okay. So my dad's probably going to listen to this and I don't blame him. Hey dad. Um, he took my husband aside and said, make sure she doesn't give any examples. <laughs> it's like, yeah. all right, I am crazy. I am crazy. So we go to my doctor and I took my mask off. I said, can I please take my mask off? I want you to see me. I want you to like, feel like I'm not, I like, I'm not a bad person. Like, and she's like, I know you're not a bad person. I said, I'm having something called. And I brought up my phone intrusive thoughts. I said, do you know what they are? She's like, of course I know what they are. I said, but they've, they've been going in my brain nonstop, like all weekend. And I don't know. And I just, I was crying. I was sweating. I was crying. I was like, why are they so bloody? And she like sat down beside me. And I think she thought psychosis. Looking back now, she was like, this is an emergency. Um, she, she called it severe postpartum depression and one to 2% of moms get it. And I was like, but why do I have to be the one to 2%? Like, why, why me? And she said, to be honest, I'm not surprised to see you in here. And I was like, you just told me on Friday that I'm going to be a better mom with like, with him, you know, some people are better with their babies out than pregnant. And I told her that. And she said, yeah, but you've had anxiety or your whole pregnancy, you know, with him being breached. Um, it's just escalating now with your postpartum hormone. She said, you need to get on either Zoloft or Celexa. So I picked Celexa. We didn't even really talk about like different, like we didn't compare the two. I just, I've never heard of Celexa. So I thought, let's give it a go. I don't yeah. know why, but she said, okay, we'll start that 20 milligrams. She said, it's a low dose. It's an SSRI. I said, what's an SSRI? Yeah. I didn't know. And I was scared to take it because I didn't know what I was going to do with my brain, you know? So I started that. Oh, she said, well, you're going to start this. I want you to get a psych evaluation. That's number two. Number three is um, find a psychologist or a therapist. And then the last ditch effort is impatient. And I didn't want to do impatient. No one wants, I don't know, maybe someone want to do impatient. Maybe it does, but I didn't. Yeah. The moms that I talk to do not want to do everything they possibly can to avoid going inpatient, especially if it's not a specialized treatment center for moms, because when you're in there with the general population that is having mental health 
breakdowns really. Cause you're not, you don't go in there unless you have a complete breakdown and you need supervision 24 seven and major med management and all of that stuff. And it's not to say that moms going through this don't need that, but they also don't need to be triggered by other people that are extremely severe, um, which can be so traumatizing. And these facilities don't allow you to bring your baby in. So you would be separated from Noah for who knows how long, right? And then you feel guilty for that. It just spirals quickly out of control if it's not a specialized inpatient unit. And they're hard to come by. I mean, I, I don't believe there's one in Mississippi. Um, so you would have went likely into a general populated psych unit. And they're scary places. I mean, they're not, they're scary because, you know, you feel like those people are time bombs Um, and experiencing the things that you did. You kind of know that you're like, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have done any of those things, but if someone else is having a thought like that, who's to say that they're not going to try to do something to me? I mean, it's just the whole thing is, is yes, very scary. There is a lot of stigma around inpatient units Um, and rightfully so because how they're portrayed in movies, how they're portrayed on television, you know, they're not pleasant places. No, I I didn't do that. So I said, all right, well, I'll take this medicine. Um, and I did, I started it that night and it was the worst night. <laughs> I would finally doze and I would just wake up. It was like, it wouldn't allow me to go to sleep. Um, and then, then I would wake up so fast and then I would doze and wake up. And I did that all night. I was like, oh, this is terrible. Like, what are we gonna do now? Now I'm fretting about, oh, the medicine isn't working you know, it's, it's harming me even more. Um, so I called and they said, well, just, um, take it back a little bit each day so you can take it in the morning, see if that works. And it did, it worked everything. Um, like each day, everything got a little better and better. Um, and I think that's when I found, um, I think I'm allowed to say her name. Are we allowed to talk about Samantha? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Hey, Sam. Um, my friend asked me, hey, Jen, how are you doing? How's your postpartum? I was like, it's terrible. And I, I was like, I'm on this, this medicine called an SSRI. And I have something that's called intrusive thoughts. And I said, and I'm, I'm, I'm really scared of like how everything's, and I was just like kind of giving her a recap. And she said, I know exactly who you can talk to. Um, she's a family friend named Samantha. And I was like, okay. And she told me a little bit about Samantha's background. And I was like, that's me. Like there's two people now in this world that had intrusive thoughts. I was like, yeah. So Sam reached out to me. Um, oh my. And has been an angel ever since. I still haven't found a therapist or anybody that knows or is able to really like help with um, OCD or intrusive thoughts. Like I didn't get that psych, psych evaluation because um, it was really scary and I wasn't honest with her. I guess I can talk about that. Yeah, um, absolutely. I have the same experience, by the way, being really? not... Oh, I was seeing a therapist while I was having my intrusive thoughts and I wrote, I didn't write intrusive thoughts on the intake form. I wrote PPD 
Yeah. And this is a man. This is a male therapist. I mean, teddy bear of a guy, like looked like my grandfather, like sweet as can be, but didn't even know the acronym, excuse me, PPD. Like he didn't. And I'm like, oh, this is not going to be good. Uh Um, and then, um, yeah. So long story short, um, when I finally came out to my husband about my intrusive thoughts, which wasn't until I was six months, I dealt with intrusive thoughts before I told anybody. Yeah. Three months, three months pregnant and three months postpartum. And then, um, I had started trying to plan my suicide, which wasn't going well because (laughs) I, um, and I can laugh about it now and suicide is nothing to laugh about, but since my intrusive thoughts were knives, I was like, well, clearly I can't like use a knife because I can't even hold one in my hand at all. And so I decided that if I was going to do it, that I was going to, um, just turn my car on in the garage, shut the door and just fall asleep. Well, we lived in a townhouse with a single car garage and we had never been able to pull our car in because there was too much stuff. And I'm telling you right now, if that garage was empty and I was using it for that way, I would totally not be sitting here right now like that because it's so, and it's the thing is, is that you just want it to stop. Like you, Mm -hmm. you're so exhausted from Mm -hmm. having to one deal with it. For me, it was also hiding it, um, and pretending that everything was okay, that eventually just got so exhausted. I was exhausted. I mean, I didn't, I didn't think of myself as a bad mom. I was just physically so tired that I just wanted to go to sleep and never wake up because I just wanted it to stop. And so I had finally come out to my husband and then he was, and I was already seeing a therapist for like two months, but I was, I never told him about my intrusive thoughts. And finally he was like, we need to call your doctor on it was like Monday. I think it was over a week into, he's like, let's call your doctor on Monday. I called him. And then I finally told him about my intrusive thoughts. And luckily the therapist was part of like a larger group that had a psychiatrist on staff and they got me an emergency appointment with her. And then she put me on an antipsychotic, not an SSRI though. She put me on an antipsychotic medication, um, and Luvox, which I think was an SSRI. I don't even think they use that anymore, but, um, and like my intrusive thoughts stopped after like like you, they progressively got better. Like I would have them, but I wouldn't be, I I'd have them, but I wouldn't be so physically, sick to my stomach when I did. And then eventually I would, I stopped having them period, but I went back to that therapist because they're like, Oh, you should still see your therapist. Now he knows everything that's going on, whatever. And I will never, ever, ever forget him telling me, you really need to be careful with who you share your experience with, because this could prevent you from getting a job. This could prevent you from blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, man, buddy, like FYI, I am going to scream this story from the tallest mountain that I can find because this is not fair to like anyone. I'm going to talk to nurses. I'm going to talk to doctors. I'm going to talk to everybody because no one told me this could happen. And I had every single risk factor for this to happen to me. And nobody told me. And so 
obviously I made a whole documentary about it. So I tried to find the (laughs) tallest mountain I could. Um, but I understand what you're saying. I mean, I even understand your dad's opinion of saying, don't let her say any of this stuff, you know, because they're not going to know, they're not going to know how to react. Now, luckily your doctor knew what intrusive thoughts were and, Mm -hmm. um, and was able to kind of point you in the right direction. But yeah, I didn't see that therapist after that. I never went back. And then I never went back to a therapist period. I mean, once the intrusive thoughts stopped, I felt like I had more control over being able to just heal myself. Um, and I don't know if you felt that way, but I, I just felt more in control that I would be able to, if I found the right person to talk to your person was Sam, um, that I would be able to get through this. So, so you connected with Sam, um, and I know you're still connected. How did that help you? Like how, how did that relationship feel like when you found her? Oh, it was perfect. It was wonderful. And she filled me in on, um, you know, that she was diagnosed with postpartum OCD. Um, she said that she had like the type of intrusive thoughts. She never gave examples, but the types. And I was like, yep, those are mine as well. Um, what is it? One in five or one in seven? I feel like it's way less than well, one. In- <laughs> it used to be one in 12 and then it was one in seven. And now they say one in five. Uh, I feel like it's one in three. I mean, I, yeah, but because her mom, there's some moms that are still keeping it in and still oh, like, right. I haven't really like told anyone like, Hey, this is what I have. So like count me in. So now it's probably one in three right. so, like, telling me about that. And I was like, so there's other people like this, like, uh, like, seriously, I just felt so alone. So she was wonderful at even just like giving me little pointers of managing the intrusive thoughts, because still at that point, I was trying to like, try to keep them away, um, suppress them, do everything I possibly could to keep them away, which was bringing them back. Um, and the medicine didn't get rid of them. All it did was, I guess, just calm me down a little bit because anytime an intrusive thought would happen, my neck got so hot, my heart would have like this flutter mm-hmm. and time. And then I was like, done for the day. I couldn't eat. I couldn't drink. It was, it was the worst. And even yeah, my you husband would panic, you would panic. And what happens is your body goes into fight or flight. And when you're in that, that constant state, you're exhausted. I mean, a panic attack can wipe you out for the rest of the day where you can't even function or eat or any of that. So yeah, been there. I, yeah, they're horrible. Been there, done that. I don't want to go back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I hear you. So she was wonderful at just like even giving me pointers about like, um, I, I would say that is an intrusive thought, like name it and tame it or name it to tame it. Mm -hmm. Um, it causes anxiety and it can leave whenever it wants to. So that really helped a bunch. And, um, because do I have time to talk about the therapy? Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Because when I went to a therapist, I won't say who it was. She's wonderful. She, she's, she helped me a lot pre baby. Um, I found her. She's, I mean, she's in Mississippi. Um, I went to her. I think it was a week. I was a week postpartum. I was like shuffling in there because I was so sore from my C-section. And she's like, 
are you okay? What's going on? And I, I try to tell her about intrusive thoughts and she didn't really know. Um, so she said, excuse me. And she went to her person. She grabbed her cell phone. She, and she like typed in something and she's like, this article says something about PPOCD. And I was like, I know a mom who just told me about that. She's like, I think you might have that. And then she said, okay. So when you see something like a knife, just think about cutting an apple instead. That didn't help. I don't know what kind of, <laughs> I don't know. And I was like, okay, all right, I'll try that. And then I like, I, I tell Sam about it. And she's like, like talk therapy isn't the way to go. You need um, like exposure or, you know, someone with CBT that can like know OCD or no intrusive thoughts. So then I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go to, um, it's called, well, I, I, I guess for privacy purposes, I won't say it, but it's in Mississippi. So I went and I saw, um, a therapist and I told the receptionist about postpartum. I said OCD in the phone call and she put me with, with this one lady and the lady was nice. She was probably in her fifties or sixties. She was super sweet. And I sat down and we talked a little bit and I said, I think I'm going through something that they call postpartum OCD. She's like, girl, you don't have OCD. I don't see you washing your hands up in here. I was like, what? No, wait, what? Okay. Well, then I was like, I'm not going to share anything with her because obviously if she doesn't know, she's going to lock me up. So then I was like, all right, well, I'm going to go to the same place, but a psychiatrist. I was hoping that maybe she would know. She wasn't uh, maternal mental health. She was just a psychiatrist, not just, but she was a psychiatrist with no um, specialty. specialty. And it was telehealth. Um, So I'm sitting in her office in front of a computer screen. And I said, I'm going to be honest with you because I really do need some help. And I said, um, I'm having these um, things called intrusive thoughts and they're scary. And she got really close to like the screen. She said, what are they telling you? Like, what are the intrusive thoughts telling you? And I almost like poop my pants. Oh, that just made me sick to my stomach. They weren't telling me anything, you know, I think she thought, I don't know what she thought, but I was like, well, you know, I have an hour left. I already paid my copay of 20 <laughs> and I get some kind of therapy. So I just started talking about my mom. <laughs> um, oh. you know, so I lot of anxiety and can you help me with family issues you know parents divorce and she's like so we just talked about my history childhood and she said like you have postpartum anxiety and I was like you know what I do I do and I left and I was I told my husband not going back to her (laughs) it almost seemed like she 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 related intrusive thoughts to like voices in your head. Like, what are they telling you? And that clearly is not intrusive thoughts. And that's, that's a symptom of psychosis, which is like, oh, that's the worst. There's so much education that still needs to be had in this area. It's just nuts. It's nuts. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So that was the last time I ever went to 
uh, I didn't have Samantha, like, I have no idea where I would be. I mean, I feel like everyone was just trying to take me to a, a hospital. My, I told my dad that story and he's like, she had one hand on the telephone to call inpatient. And I was like, it sounded like she was taking it down a path where I was just like, nope, I, I don't mean that. Like, let's not go there. So that was, so that's, that's how my whole therapy thing has been going. And I think I've probably emailed close to 25 to 30 therapists and they're either not taking clients or I'm waitlisted or a couple, um, don't either take my insurance or this one woman, um, her initial evaluation was $500 and each session after that was 250. Like, I didn't even bring that up with my husband. Cause I was like, no, I can't. So the thing is like when moms need help, it seems so hard to get help. If you don't have a Samantha, you know, Oh, I love that. Oh, <laughs> Samantha is the best. She is the best. And that is why so many of us who don't have the credentials of a therapist or a psychiatrist or whatever, we push so hard for that peer support because, you know, we know how to talk to moms in a way that isn't scary, in a way that isn't triggering, you know, in a way that's not, you know, medical jargon. Um, and it's why peer support is such an important piece of, of recovery and healing. Um, you know, because you said even reading all that stuff online, you still felt like even I'm, my assumption is you thought, even though there's all this information about intrusive thoughts, I'm still the only one who's ever had them. Like no one else has dealt with this because, you know, I know a lot of moms. I mean, and no one ever told me that, like they talked, they kind of talked about postpartum depression. Everybody talks about the hormones, you know, because that's just a nice, you know, the nice unicorn way of saying it, right. Your hormones are just kind of all over the place. You know, no one's like, yeah, I, you know, have an image of a hammer and my kid, like, no, it's like, you know, it's just, and I would always tell Sam. And I think Sam, when I talked about this, when I had interviewed her for my podcast, it was like, why do intrusive thoughts, like you said, why do they have to be so bloody? Why can't I just be running through a cornfield with the sun shining on me with my, like, why can't intrusive thoughts be about positive things? Why does our brain take it to such a place that is just the most horrible thing you can think of? Um, and there's actually been a lot of research on intrusive thoughts. And, and, and then I became, not only was I meeting people with intrusive thoughts, I was meeting people that had the same ones as me. And I was like, well, how is that? Like, how, how are we so connected? I mean, I feel like you know, if, if they're common themes with intrusive thoughts, you know, why isn't that being shared with moms, you know, to say, Hey, you know, and, and with the, with the, um, the roast beef and the, and the juice thing. So I remember for like three months, we never had a meal that involved a steak knife and luckily no one caught on, but I was (laughs) like, I mean, I was trying to cut like apples or something with like a butter knife because I could not have 
any sharp objects around me, like scissors. I, I, oh my gosh. I, I had my intrusive thought over, over Christmas time and trying to wrap gifts without using scissors is about impossible. I'm like literally ripping the paper in tears because I'm just like, I, I don't know. I, I can't even use a pair of scissors. Like it just, I would shake like uncontrollably. Um, but so, so let's kind of recap. So where you are now, because this was just, this all just happened. I mean, this is all recent stuff. So we're 10 months postpartum. You're not seeing a therapist, correct? No, I can't find, I went through postpartum support international. Um, and I do, I did see her three times. Um, and over our phone call, she said, um, that she had intrusive thoughts as well. And I was like, yes, not that I wish that on anyone, but I was like, she can maybe be empathetic. Um, so when we had our first session, I told her mine and I said, didn't, did you have any, you know, where you were the one doing the harm? And she's like, no, 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 I did not. And I was like, want, want, want. Like, I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, want, want. Yeah. Never mind. Oh, never mind. <laughs> I hear you. Like, oh, kidding. kidding, you know, so, um, so no, I don't really have a therapist and I'm on a wait list for someone in Hattiesburg, um, an OCD, like, uh, psychologist. So I am, I am next on their list and I, I, I want to go see that person. So that's where I'm at. Yeah. And you're still in medicine? Yes. The reason why I want to really see that psychologist is in the future, I would want to try to wean off of it. Um, And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But yeah, I'm still on medicine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, The same milligram. So she says Mm -hmm. it's those, but who knows? Yeah. Yeah. I, I weaned off mine eventually after my first whole episode, it took three times. The first two times were a little like, Ooh, I don't think I'm ready yet. Like they started to come back a little bit and I'm like, I don't, I don't even want it a little bit. <laughs> so, uh, but the third time was a charm. I was able to go off and I stayed off of them for nine years, um, before I had a, a second episode. Um, yeah. I mean, as, as common as they are, I still feel like there's so much that we don't know about them and we still don't talk about them. I mean, they're still not bought, brought up in childbirth classes. Um, they very willingly talk about depression and crying in the corner of your room, but they certainly don't talk about these things, which, which are scary. I mean, they're scary. And I agree with you. If I would have known that, these were a thing and that I wasn't going absolutely crazy. Um, I think I would have handled the whole situation a lot better and would have been okay to tell somebody, yeah. you know, but luckily that Google search showed yeah. up for you. I did. I didn't do Google searches because my husband is an IT guy and I was worried that he was going to like, see like a certain, not that he ever like looked at my stuff, but I was already in so much paranoia that it was like, I can't search like, knives and babies. And like, I wouldn't even know what to search anyway, but I was like, I can't put that. I can't search this. This is like insane. And I think, I don't know what I eventually did because I eventually had a name for them or maybe I didn't. It might've been my psych who told me the name. She's like, you're having intrusive thoughts. This is what they are. 
um, very common, blah, 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 but. They are common. I was just um, in a webinar, not in it, but watching a webinar. Um, I don't know why, but people in Canada are just really informed. Like they're in, honey, they are informed in every other part of this world, except for the continental United States. (laughs) What it sounds like they, um, it was two doctors and they were talking about intrusive thoughts and they had this, um, chart and it said 91% of the population gets intrusive thoughts, which I feel like everyone gets it. 100% of mothers get, have intrusive thoughts. 40% of mothers have intrusive thoughts of harming their baby. And it wasn't the psychosis, you know, it was just like the OCD intrusive thoughts. And I was like, 40%. So now it's not just a, there's more, there's more people out there than just, you know, a few of us and stuff. And I guess I'll end it with this is um, as I was starting to get better, and I would say I'm, way like a hundred percent better. Um, as I started really healing, I was, um, listening to podcasts like mom in mind or happy as a mother, your podcast. Like I do the dishes. Like my husband can tell when I have a podcast in because I have all of the dishes clean. Like it's perfect. Um, so I would follow them on Instagram and then I would comment like, thank you for sharing this about intrusive thoughts. I had them. And then I would say like, and unfortunately mine was harm coming to my babies. And I would get moms messaging me. Wait, you have that too? I haven't told anybody that. So I have like 10 new mom friends. And one um, sweet, sweet girl is in England. And she was actually going to give her baby up for adoption because she didn't know what was going on until she finally told her um, therapist about them and they took her straight to an OCD specialist. Like, how cool is that? And like, she's way better now and her babies too. So it's like all these moms I think are waiting for someone to comment. And then once I do, it's like seagulls at a French fry kind of thing. (laughs) It really is. Although that's such a good comparison. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what it is. And I think for a lot of moms, they're waiting for that person. Like they're waiting for that comment and they see it. And it's like, it's like the light at the end of the tunnel. Like not only is there another person who's been through this, but it's like almost exactly the same. And so, yeah, I mean it for sure. And that's just such a beautiful thing. And that's why peer support is just so important because you know, you're so much more comfortable talking with someone who has been through it. Unlike a a doctor that maybe just knows about it from a textbook, but not has had the experience, which is why then why so many moms end up changing careers or whatever, because they want to get, it's so, it's such a powerful experience that they want to, you know, make sure that moms have the care that they need. And that person, right? Like your person is Sam, everybody ends up having that person. Um, which is just phenomenal. And now you're that person for other moms, which is just, it's so, it's so beautiful. I love it. Oh, this was so good. I'm so (laughs) excited to produce it. I say that after every single podcast, I'm like, Oh my God, we have to get it out. I'll be working on it all weekend to make sure that it's out, you know, either this weekend or by Monday. Um, 
because it's just important for people to hear for sure. Oh, absolutely. I love it. I love it. Well, Jen, thank you. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. I'm thrilled. So good.